the Lord. Would you clap your hands and give Him praise and honor right now? Hallelujah. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. Amen. Why don't you turn and smile at two or three people near you and act like you have the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise God. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today. What a blessing, what a privilege, what an opportunity. How good God has been to all of us. How grateful we are for the blessings of the Lord. It's great to see you here on this Sunday morning in the midst of the hot dog days of summer, whatever that means. We're going through those days and we've got folks out on vacation and all of that, but I'm glad you're here. Thankful for the presence of the Lord that's in this place. You know that God is ready to do something on every occasion. But sometimes he waits to see what we're going to do. And I just want to make sure that I let him know I'm ready for him to do whatever and I'll do whatever I need to do. Amen. I want to open that door for God to do great things in this place today. Amen. What a privilege it is for Greater Life Church to be able to have two of the greatest people that I know of, ministry-wise, brother and sister A.D. Spears, long-time evangelist, pastor, preacher, has preached all over the world, Uh, been trying to get this day uh, to come for a long time, and it worked out. It's God's time came here last night, was praying, and I felt like this was going to be a pivotal weekend for Greater Life Church. I believe that. Brother Spears, we welcome you today. Thank you. Greater Life Church, would you welcome the Spears this morning? Our Father, which art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily prayer and forgive us our debts. Lead us not. you look those up, each one of those has a little bit of a different statement in them, the Lord's Prayer. And we're commanded to pray the Lord's Prayer. He says, when you pray, not if you pray, but when you pray. Titus 2 and 11. For the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation for all people. Thank you. You may be seated. It is extreme a privilege for Edith and I to be here today. Probably more than it is for you to be here to hear me today. I'm so thrilled to be here with Brother and Sister Hughes. I waited a long time for him to ever ask me to come preach here. 
I've been preaching 65 years. So uh, then he tells me that uh, there are some live tabernacle folks that I preached to back in the 70s. Oh, Lord, yes. Now, the sermon I'm going to preach today, I preached in live tabernacle. I will, I will introduce it the same way I did at live tabernacle. And I remember the sermon. I remember what I said before I preached. And uh, I said, this is the simplest sermon you will ever hear in your life. It, uh, it is so simple that it's simpler than a boy starting out preaching in his first few sermons. But I said, God is going to visit here today in such a way. And I instructed them at that time to open the prayer room because it was going to overfill and we could not handle them. And sure enough, because the same thing had happened in Jackson, Mississippi. Now, my sermon today may scatter around. Uh, when you're 80 years old, I'm allowed that privilege. And you're not allowed to say anything at all about it. I, uh, I am so thrilled to have my wife here with me. Uh, I call her E.R. because her name is Edith Rose and mine is A.D. So if you hear me refer to E.R., that's who I'm talking about. You can call her Edith. You can call her E.R. Uh, you can call her what her grandkids call her. They call her Gaga. So... That's the real Gaga sitting right over there. <laughs> and Brother and Sister Hughes understand this, and maybe a few of you do. It's rare for my wife to have been with me in ministry for most of our lives due to health reasons, which goes back to 1969. My traveling. So for her today, we both sat there in the hotel last night and we said, what a privilege it is for ER to be here. At least three times in my life, the doctors have called me aside and said, son, she will not make it. That only happened a few weeks ago. And they said, make all your arrangements. It's happening now. You see why I'm happy that she's here today? Now, I'm boring you with all of my introductions, but I, but I am preaching. You just don't know it yet. I'm on the clock. That means I'm on the time clock. Which means I'm on the pay chart, folks. It's counting now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's working. Uh, but when, when we talked last night, and I will deal with this tonight, because Brother Hughes told me, he said, I was in the church praying last night, and when he felt, and I said, I also awakened last night, and I realized something special was going to happen Tonight. 
the special thing happened to me and my wife happens because none of you know five years ago she had surgery in this city. And we came back tonight or this weekend for a special reason. God's going to put it all together tonight. Important things in life we value so very much. Uh, it just is unique what we value. I have a bicycle out in the backyard that I've never ridden, but it's uh, it's from the 50s, and uh, it's just rusting away, but I think it looks great. I wouldn't sell it. It's just... Things that value to us doesn't value to anybody else. You would look at it and say, what is that nut have that bike for? It just, it doesn't make any sense. My father was born in 1905, a very rough, crude, uneducated, mean, vicious, criminal, uh, you name it. But he told me some things in his life that, that was unique. And, and in the process of his life, things happened that, that became great. He told me and took me to a place many years ago on a little old dirt road in Louisiana outside of Manny where Toledo Bend now is. And he said it was at this spot. When I was riding with my father in a wagon at about seven or eight years of age, I heard a horrible sound come down the road. And he said it so frightened the horse until he took off wild. And he said, I bailed off and ran down through the woods because I didn't know what it was. <clears throat> and my father later explained, that's a car. That's a car. It, it just, it is so strange. He saw his first telephone. And then I remember, as some of you do, the telephones that was called party line. And if they rang, they rang by certain numbers and you knew whose number was ringing. And you had the unique privilege to pick up and listen to the conversation. And it happened, and you could hear the click when they picked it up and when they put it down. And you usually heard, okay, y'all put that phone down. The radio, the amazing thing that sound waves begin to go across the world. And through this building right now, God only knows what is transferred through this building. Then the television Images putting through the air. Not just sound waves, but images to the air. And God only knows what is going on now. The landing of man on the moon. My father saw all of that from a, a young kid who had never seen a car until the landing of men on the moon. What impressive things. What gorgeous things that have taken place in our lifetime. <clears throat> Excuse me a little bit uh, with my voice. It is the handiwork of man that we also acknowledge so great. Uh, 
It was in the year 2001, in December the 11th. I was in St. Luke's Hospital here in Houston with open heart surgery and a valve replaced. They called me this Friday and said, we just want to tell you, it is as perfect as it can be. It's just phenomenal. Now, ER is happy about that, whether y'all get excited about it or not. But the greatest thing of mankind is not a valve in my heart. The greatest accomplishment of man is not on the moon. It's not on some television. This is not in something that man has produced. It's that little something I read you about. The grace of God. That hath appeared to all men. The greatest thing that could happen today would happen in this building. It's for humanity to decide to be, that he would want it to be touched by God Almighty. And God would say, you know what? I'm glad that I can touch you. The uniqueness of God touching you. And I, I, I think after a while it will dawn on you the simplicity of this message that he comes regardless of our flaws, thoughts, sins. Our murderer heart, there's nothing that mankind hasn't tried, but yet it has not nullified Titus 2 and 11 for the grace of God. That bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Mankind has tried everything. Imagine. It's not unusual nowadays for a mother to kill her infant children. It's not unusual for a father to kill his children. I preached a sermon at Life Tabernacle in the 70s. And I called it the age of Aquarius. It was because there was a song out called The Age of Aquarius. And it said everything was going to get up to be all right. And I said, no, The Age of Aquarius is going to introduce one of the greatest evil generations we have ever seen. We will see mass criminals such as never before. And my friend, this is not... The age of Aquarius. It is the age of infidel, godly sins of mankind entering into the world. God takes his greatest, his offer, his spirit. And you never know how he's going to do it or when he's going to do it. My folks came to Pentecost by my mother standing out in the yard of fall afternoon raking leaves, living with this man that was as mean and had had her drug out of a Pentecostal church when I was a child. Vicious. And yet, something happened standing there, never will forget, raking those leaves And mother just said, ooh, something just happened to me. 
And back in those days, they would go down the road with big old loud speakers on the cars. And they would play songs, gospel songs. I don't see any heads nodding in here. I must be older than I think I am. And it was the playing of the old chuck wagon gang. And see, y'all don't know who that is. Sure not Bill Gaither. And they were playing something. And mother said, ooh, that does something to me. Not knowing what this man would say who was standing a few feet away. That was a tempted murderer that had her drug out and said, don't you ever, never again. I will destroy any preacher or anybody that gets in my way. And all of a sudden, something happened to him. And he just said, be ready tomorrow evening. And if it comes by here, we'll follow it. God, I never will forget sitting in that car by the side of the road, wondering what in the world is going to happen. Here it comes. Playing that song. Daddy pulls in behind it. It's quiet in the car. And we pull up above all places to a church. Out of town. A little old bitty dumpy church. And we go inside and it is a Pentecostal church. The same kind he had her drug out of before. And so they started singing. And all of a sudden, I mean, we're sitting there and I'm saying, what in the world is all this going on? Because prior to that time, my mother and I had been attending Woodrow Baptist Church in Silsby, Texas. So it was a little different. And then it got really different. Mother stood up. And started singing. Singing, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. And somebody said, I think she wants the Holy Ghost. And so they gathered around her. I've never seen my mother act like that. Hoo-wee. And what she was saying, I couldn't understand. And they said, she's getting the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> I thought if it was good, it would be all right. Because we needed it in our family. I'd heard some language before, but it didn't sound like that. <laughs> so we get in the car and start home. And it's quiet. Nothing is said. And all of a sudden, my dad always calls my wife, I mean, my uh, my mother, he always called her wife. <laughs> well, I don't know. I got, Well, I guess it is wife. <laughs> but he looked at her and he said, wife, I don't know what you got tonight. But whatever it was, don't you ever lose it. <laughs> Nine months Almost to the day, mother calls me aside and she said, son, 
Daddy's going to be baptized tonight, but don't you dare tell anybody. Don't you dare tell anybody. I said, okay. So we go to church, Sire Lake. Some of you know where that is. We went to Sire Lake, Texas. And so when they gave the altar appeal, Daddy gets up and he walks to the altar and kneels down. I don't know how y'all do it here. But back in those days, this is the way we did it. Bless God, turn loose. Come on, give up. My God, get your hands up. Because we spit on them real good back in those days. And, and, and we just went on. But they were dealing with the wrong dude. He never moved. He laid his head on that altar and his hands... And they tried, and they, that's why they thought we, we might better all back off. So they did. <clears throat> and then he stood up. And he said, I want to be baptized. And the pastor said, well, sir, you know that we believe in repentance. And what you need He said, I said, I want to be baptized. Now. Well, it's the middle of the night. So we drive out to an old oil pond in Sire Lake. And they turn the car lights on and they take him out there. And I'm standing there as a kid and I watch him baptize him. And when his head came up out of that water, I heard him talking like I never heard him talk before. For 30 miles home, I sat behind him. And I'm here to tell you, I don't know how we got home. Because his hands was up in the air. This man that I had never seen even hardly move. Never played ball with me. Never took me fish. Nothing. He's got his hands in the air. <laughs> He's speaking in a language. Mama is saying, you want me to drive? You want me to drive? You want me to drive? How we got home, I don't know. But it all started with a touch. For the grace of God that hath appeared. Touched that lady in that yard. <coughs> and then it touched me one day. And I got the Holy Ghost. And then one Sunday morning in a little church called Kuntz. Me and another boy, we went in the prayer room. Of course, we, we, we went in the prayer room, I did, at about 8 o'clock on, on Sunday mornings. And we got to praying. And two hours later, we prayed a little boy through. Which is my brother. Us two boys have preached all over the world. We've seen, you name it, we preached the general conferences. There's not much we haven't preached, but it all started at a yard. It all started with a touch of God. It all started when the Spirit just reached out and softly touched. Oh, if He would walk through this building this morning. <laughs> And touch somebody. Because out of somewhere, he is looking 
the greatest thing that ever <clears throat> happened in life. For the grace of God that hath appeared to all men. Every person that's ever born in this world will have an encounter with God. Every person will have the right. How many times they have a choice? I don't know. But I do know they can bank on at least one. And you never know when it will happen. A friend of mine, son-in-law, years ago pastored in Waco, Texas. His son-in-law was at the beer joint drinking on a Sunday night. And all of a sudden, he pushed the bottle of beer back. He looked at his friends and he said, boys, I'm going to church. Something just touched me. Something. God, who loves mankind enough, will walk in a beer joint and say, I just want to touch you. I just want to touch you. I want you to feel my hand and God touches you. Oh, Lord, the stories I could tell. Because that guy later became a preacher in this Texas district that was sitting in that beer joint. In a revival in De Quincey, Louisiana, one day we got a phone call and they said, uh, uh, so-and-so is coming from work. He wants you all to meet him at the church. We stood outside or inside the building and watched him come walking down the road. Here come this man walk, walking down the road. He was just crying. He couldn't, he couldn't get it together. And he walked in the building and he said, uh, <coughs> I've been welding, but I couldn't weld. Every time I dropped that hood, it would fill up with tears. Something got a hold of me. Would y'all pray for me? Yeah, he's a preacher now in Louisiana pastoring a church. Just something when God would walk through where the welder was, <coughs> where the welding hood, and he would reach and touch him and just decide, I want you. Wonder what sits in this building today. What is the potential that sits in this building today? Is it a child? Somewhere in the building. That would be young like my brother. And if you ever heard him preach, he one of the greatest preachers that ever existed is my, my brother. He's incredible. He's brilliant. The difference between the two of us. I grew up reading Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn. He grew up reading Plato, Socrates. I never did understand what he got out of that. But you should hear him preach. And that God would decide to just, I'm going to play the gamut. Somewhere it may be in this children's church today. While we're sitting here, and you're just kind of looking at me, and I'm coughing, drinking water. And that's, which is, some of you are from Kilgore, uh, from, excuse me, from the Life Tabernacle, are saying, my God, he used to be loud. <clears throat> He didn't have to have water, and he never coughed, but age takes a toll. Brother Hughes may give me my check after this today, so y'all may not see me tonight. So if not, it was good seeing you here today. I really enjoyed my time here of coughing. 
A man came to me. I was a, we were at Louisiana camp meeting the other day. And a young man walked up and he said, Oh, I wanted to meet you. And I said, Well, good. <laughs> he said, It's so good. I, I've always wanted to meet you. Great. And then he said, I pastor a church in Georgia somewhere, I think. I said, great. And he said, my name is something Thompson. And when he said that, I said, oh, my God. He said, I'm Charlie Boy and Mary Lou's boy. I said, oh, my God. I remember preaching in De Quincey for Brother Cardwell. One of the greater revivals I ever saw. It was rough. They had never had reverse Sunday morning and let a preacher preach instead of having Sunday school. Never. There were people that later came to me had had never missed a Sunday in 20-something years and had never seen the inside of the sanctuary. So I convinced Brother Cardwell. He said, oh, I don't know. This, this may cause problems. So that morning they went to their class and they said, Everybody's going into the sanctuary today. It caused an uproar. I mean, people came in there, starry-eyed. People said, I've never been in here before. This is the true story, folks. It was at the end of my sermon. It, it, <coughs> it hadn't gone the best. And I was making that, that altar appeal like we did in those days. It didn't look like anything was going to go. And I knew if somebody didn't pray, we wouldn't ever do this again. And I wouldn't be there long in a revival. And I saw this lady, the back row. She stood up and she gave her baby to somebody. And she reached and grabbed her husband's hand. And they started down the aisle. And when they got down the aisle, somebody else stood up. And they headed down the aisle. Then somebody else headed down the aisle. Then I looked, and Mr. Spears, <coughs> was my name, not really related. He stood up halfway, maybe a little further halfway down the middle aisle. And he started down the aisle. And he got a few steps. And he walked over to one of his buddies. And he said, come on, you're going with me. Now, the next 11 to 12 men that he pulled, all of them were between 60 and 90 years of age. When he got to the front to kneel, almost 13 elderly gentlemen were kneeling, receiving the Holy Ghost. All because one touch, one touch, one lady saying, somebody hold the baby. Oh, wonder what potential lies in this building today of somebody just saying, I, I think I feel something. I wish I could tell you what I've seen in my lifetime of people receiving the Holy Ghost, the miracles I've seen, the, the, the phenomenal things that I have seen. But is it because one lady 
responded to one touch of God. Are you important today? God only knows how important you are. You as an individual... Don't look and say, oh, I'm, I'm nobody. I just passed through your church today or I just came because my family wanted me to come. I'm, I'm just here. But you may be my father that has produced a child that's going to reach a world. That's going to reach a world. You may be a Mary Lou that's going to hand the baby to somebody that will have and that's not their only child that preacher, another one in Jacksonville, Florida, that pastor of the church, another one, all because one touch. But it all happened because things were reversed. Had we never reversed that. See, sometimes things reverse that create the uncomfortable to produce the perfect. Sometimes God does what nobody expects Him to do. <clears throat> and God, here today, someone will encounter God. This is what we know. Someone encounters God today. Somewhere in this building, Maybe the touch of God changes your life. Maybe you're already in the church. And maybe it's a touch that commits the change in your life. Well, well, preacher, I thought it had to be something. I've seen things as quiet as somebody just coming in church and say, Brother, I was riding down the, car, riding down the road. And I felt something touch me. And I pulled over the side of the road. And I received the Holy Ghost sitting beside the road. You see, when God decides to touch you, there's no form. There's no fashion. You don't know when. You just respond to that touch. Because whatever way it is, you have experienced something greater. That heart valve. It's greater than anything that man. It's greater than men standing on the moon. Is for you to feel that touch. If you gain the wealth of all the world, that one touch is worth more than that. If you graduate from Harvard with multiple degrees, this one touch. For your life will be as great as any education you will ever receive in life. Our son-in-law that married our oldest daughter, Belinda. Some of you would remember her. He now pastors the church in Longview that we pastored. It was in a service. And Robert Mitchell was there preaching. If any of you know him. You know how wild Mitchell could be. This was years ago, and he was preaching, and he just, he, he, was, he was so wild. And he said, everybody, we're going to have a victory march. 
We used to have those back in those days. I know some of you are looking at me and saying, what in the world is he talking about? Well, Mitchell not only said we're going to have a victim march, he said, get your, your billfold out and we're going to march around. It was at that moment that our future son-in-law happened to open the back door, a Catholic boy, straight out of Baton Rouge, had just moved to, to, to Longview, and he walked in. He never seen anything like that. Somebody said, what did you do? He said, well, sir, as a Catholic, you just obey what they tell you to do. One touch. One touch. One touch. One touch. A boy that had, fell, uh, had failed out of LSU three times is now working on his doctorate. One touch. One touch. One touch. It not only will change your spiritual life it will change every facet of your life it's not just talking in tongues it's a new lifestyle it's a new lifestyle I close today I've been here longer than I thought I would be to just simply tell you whyever you're here today whatever reason you're here destiny is possible I just wonder see you can't see him this is what's unique about it that's why it's a touch you just can't open the door and say well we're going to have him to come in we don't know but you just could walk down here. And this could be the moment that he healed ER. From 50 something years of struggling. Three times near death. This could be the service. That he just walks in. And all she'll know is, woo, just a touch. Suddenly I think we caught a hold of something. Suddenly I feel a sense of something else in this building. That somebody came to church today and said, I wonder if this would be my day. I've gone through the prayer line. I've been prayed over. I've had claws. I've, I've had it all. But today may be the day when more than anything else. It's you don't need a hand. You don't need a cloth. You don't need all. You just need a touch. Just simply a touch. A touch. And I didn't, didn't think I would say this. But somewhere somebody came in here today. Your life is just on the verge of being messed up. Things are not going good. It just is not headed your way. And you thought, oh God, I don't want Brother Hughes to know. I don't want anybody to know, but I'm headed to a disaster. And you may be, unless one touch. 
I don't mean to be spooky, but I could almost walk and tell you what part of the building you're sitting in. And I don't get into any of that. I'm just saying it is so strong in this building. It is so powerful until you realize the God that is greater than great. The awesome God they sang about this morning. The awesome God with all the glory of the world in His hand and His power who created Everything who by the power of his word speaks worlds into existence and things come into power. Man is made, the worlds are made, and yet he. By his voice, he created the world. By his voice, he said, let there be. But he may decide to touch you with his hand. Oh, God. Can you imagine a God that would find you? What is this, Magnolia out here? I drove by here last night and I, I told my wife, I said, E.R., oh, there's something about this. I said, driving on this parking lot, I feel like we're in the will of God here this weekend. Forget about how bad my throat is. Somehow, God is not just talking. He's touching today. And He's touching. Somebody's going to walk out of here. Touched. I promise you I won't hold you and get spooky. But what if we gave God just one minute for all? I mean, you don't have to get spooky. You don't have to say, No, you can sit there with your eyes open. And just say, you can look at your neighbor and say, We're waiting just to see if he, if he touches me. It's that simple. You don't have to be religious. You don't have to have prayed all the our fathers in heaven to get here, to get right. You just see, he knows whether you need it. And all you got to say is, hey, I, I, I'm just here. I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. And he may just decide to just simply touch you. The uniqueness of his touch. I'm just going to ask have any of you ever been at a situation in your life that the doctor didn't have the answer? The counselor didn't have the answer. The banker didn't have the answer. But just somehow in your life, something happened. And you felt a touch. Let's give it just a minute just to see You see, some people may cry. I see people crying. I hear people speaking with tongues. I see people raving their hands. I see people steal. And I see people moving. All those are signs that he could be touching. Our Father, I thank you for this visitation today. I look forward to your visitation tonight, God. And I pray, oh, righteous God, 
that somebody responds to your touch in some unique way. Whatever it is, whether they ever tell us, whether we ever know, and it's just between you and them, God. I thank you for that touch. One generous prayer all across the building. Thank you for having been here and the opportunity to have been touched by God. Would everybody give that prayer? Would you do it? In your own way. Loud, soft. Just whatever way you want to say. Oh, I'm so thankful, God, I was here. Woo! I just say, oh God, I didn't know I was in such a mess. I didn't know my life was in, I didn't know you would care for me where I am and who I am. I didn't know you'd care.